Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bar Steelers Premier League podcast. Uh, I'm back after my absence last week and we've got a full selection this week. I'm on the podcast. Mixer, you're here. James, you're here. And Ronan, you're here. Did you enjoy the weekend of Premier League? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. I was all right. I was expecting to be a lot better, but we move. Plenty of Premier League action now coming over the Christmas break, so we'll look forward to that. Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of goals this weekend, was there? It, just to say at the start of the podcast here, we are recording this on the Tuesday. So that means it's going to be midweek games, a whole round today, tomorrow and Thursday. I actually think Chelsea and Wolves is about to kick off or maybe some other game. Maybe that's later on the day. But uh, you may well get score updates in the middle of this podcast uh, just three days late or two days late or whatever <laughs> it is. Okay, so from the weekend, anyway, we need, look, we've talked about it a lot in the podcast before. We're flogging a dead horse. We've tried to find out what the issue is with Arsenal. Are you any the wiser after another loss? They're shit. Um, <laughs> I don't think, They're very I bad, think yeah. Um, I was waiting today was um, Arteta came out and defended Xhaka after the red card, even though it was completely stupid. But when Pepe got sent off against Leeds, he tore into him saying he needs to grow up or whatever it was. He's let the team down or something. I can't remember what he said about Pepe, but he tore into him, but he was... Uh, nice to Jack about it, which is stupid. And El Nini should have been sent off as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, see, Jack, I just—he's so stupid. I, that was one of the things like Gary Neville points out in the Spurs match because he just went in from behind in someone in the Spurs match as well. I can't remember who it was, and Gary Neville was like, "Oh, he thinks he's you know hyping the crowd up, being like, oh look, he's getting stuck in,' but he's not. He's just getting himself booked for no good reason in stupid positions." Um, yeah, it was the Palace at home where he, uh, he got booed off and he threw the jersey on the ground. Yeah, that was yeah, his first an, red card in three years. Yeah, and people see, and for a yeah. while there, it seemed like he had Arsenal fans back on side, but I think they all pretty much hate him again now. I don't, he's, I don't like him at all. You just can't be doing that and expect to get away with it. Like, I've seen some people, oh, is that a bit harsh? He put his hand on his throat. If you want to maybe react in that situation, give him a push in the chest, that's fine. Like, you. You wouldn't even get a yellow, I imagine, just for a push in the chest. You can't grab someone's throat. Well, I mean, you can, but you can't get away with it, is it's, another yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the Mohamed El Nenny one was bizarre as well, because, like, how is that not another red card? It was more of a red card than Xhaka's one, I thought. Yeah, they, yeah, were yeah. Both, they both were red cards, but El Nenny, there was more anger and rage and that sort of push to the face on Tarkowski than there was with uh, Xhaka's. And he threw himself down afterwards as well. Yes, yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> See, if that wasn't Tarkowski, if that was Salah, you know. Just saying. We'll get on to Salah. Yeah, we'll get on to Salah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I know it's coming up to Christmas, and a big club they're going to release some some presents, ideas like new clothes. But 
I don't think it was the right idea for Arsenal to release. I know all the stuff that they put out is very nice, all the Adidas original stuff, but given their current situation and their relegation battle, I don't think it was the right time to release all this drip. What, they should be releasing coal for Christmas? Saw a great one. Saw a great tweet there. There's a clothing brand. Arsenal actually have a Premier League football team as well. <laughs> I seen Hugh Wizzy uh, <laughs> was going on about it's like oh we're brilliant at branding aren't we we're bloody brilliant at branding show you the football <laughs> just going on a long long rant class uh, but it, like again like I don't know what we can actually say about Arsenal that we haven't said like I put into the group chat before the game I didn't realize that Arsenal were playing at uh, quarter past seven on the Sunday it's like guaranteed loss quarter past seven on a Sunday that's been uh, the last five games they've played that exact fixture three times and lost it every single time just can't take it even with fans there I'm just disappointed the dog lost these lot exactly Cowboys yeah but their fans are uh, not the best in the in the Emirates like so maybe they're hindrance to players you know the boo and the moaning straight away it's like why would you pay to watch Arsenal at the best of times and in fairness they spent what was it 45 million on party during the summer they have a load of money and they're I think only four points above 18th. Might be even lower than that. They have to spend money the worst of any European football club in the, in like in right. memory, you know, like that, that Pepe signing party remains to be seen, but there's so many little 20 millions here and there, Guendouzi, all these little acquisitions that have to, have to move on for less money than they brought them in for. They're a joke. I'm not, I'm not going to make, uh, I, I don't want to make the comparison with uh, early. Uh, 2010s Liverpool again but it's like it's like signings um, with Liverpool like Andy Carroll and like even Aquilani at the time 20 million was a huge amount of money at the time it's, uh, it's just like, I've gone into their recruitment before it's just absolutely bizarre like there doesn't seem to be any scouting done on these players it's just whoever's been hyped up on Twitter seems to be their main two main go-to person yeah but Liverpool got a Suarez Lacazette was around the same price and he definitely is not a Suarez he's fat he can't do anything He's tragic at football. Yeah, I feel like they're still ringing up Lee and, Lee and Brady and he's sitting beside Giles <laughs> and he's like, how oh, are we going to sign? Oh, that fella there. Let's get him, yeah. But it, it, right, in a word, should Arteta stay or go? Michael? Oh, I think he's done. He can't come back from this. He's 13 points after a couple of games. How many games? 12 games? But yeah, he has to go. He should stay, but he should go because it'd be funny and it'd add to the mess. <laughs> <and they're laughs> in I would like to see him stay for the full season just to see if Arsenal can actually get relegated. <laughs> but he should go. <laughs> yeah, no, from I, I, a footballing standpoint, he should go. But from an entertainment standpoint, he should stay. I'm a lot more forgiven. I, I think he's a good young coach who's going to make mistakes and he's got a fucking terrible team. <laughs> he's got a really, really bad yeah. team. Can see like, twice as dark, so... Yeah, like... Uh, and realistically, there are... Can they even finish in the top six, top seven? Probably oh, not, no. but they're, they're going to finish eighth or ninth or something, which is a sad indictment of the club that I'm basically saying that's a positive. That It's like, no, they won't get relegated. That's a positive for them at the moment. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. They're not going to get relegated. I know, but there, there yeah. are some people genuinely talk about relegation. Like, Yeah, troops and the men, but they're all donkeys, so... Clicking the views could never be the bar stealers. Um, okay, so going on to the next game... Uh, it was United City. A lot of promise going into it. Two, you know, attacking teams, two entertaining teams who ended up doing nothing. And the two main takeaways from the game was that bizarre line of commentary from Martin Tyler. And at the same time, the spider cam, the spider cam for the free kicks and stuff was class, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it looks something out of FIFA. I forgot about the calendary line. Der Bruyne. Der Heyer. Der Arby. Oh, fuck. He needs to be sacked. You need to get Peter Drury in on the commentary. No, Peter Drury's the worst commentator in football history. You need to get Maka. You need to get Maka and Fletch from BT. We need to get more of these Martin Tyler funny spells. Like That'll just make his commentary exponentially better. Because this is all you hear when he's commentating. Yeah. And you hear it so much more with the stadium's empty. You don't realise how bad he is until there's no noise and you can just hear him breathing and go, there, Arby. Yeah, like that was in like the 77th minute. He was just looking for stuff to say because there was nothing going on. But do you, did you think that Pep's approach to the match was, wasn't good enough? Because City came fairly conservative. They tried a little bit more than United. But like United aren't as good as City, so maybe it's it's more understandable to be conservative. But City, like the game was kind of there for them to win it, and they just didn't try. Yeah, look on loan, Angelino couldn't get a game at City. Third choice left back, ripped United to shreds. Sorry to tell you, Cone. Sorry to remind oh, you. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> ripped United to shreds, and you know Pep should be looking at that during the week and say, you know what, we're a couple of points behind the title race. A win could really, really do some great things for us. Like a loss is going to be devastating. And the squad he has, like, you're only really missing Aguero there now at the minute. Like, pretty much everyone's back. And Laporte can't get a game. That John Stones-Diaz partnership starting to last the test of time, which is bizarre. But yeah, very conservative. And I think he should have went for the win, ultimately. Enjoy, I enjoyed all the memes on Twitter of the, the derby not being fierce enough with all the, the lads, like, hugging each other full time. Quite enjoyed that. I imagine Roy Keane really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, he said he went in a big rant about it as per. But if you think how Leipzig they just attacked United, I think what Pep was if they start attacking United, get them on the break, so you can't get back mm. into it. So it's more just I uh, will play for the point here. Like if if we get beat, we'll be laughing stock of the league because United they're after getting knocked out Champions League. Like oh, this mammoth European team getting knocked out or getting beaten by Europa League team. They're like Jesus. Pep is like you know what we'll play for the draw. Nothing, nothing stupid, but it was just a really boring game. The only sort of talking point in it was the the Rashford penalty offside incident, which ended up being really late because he was offside. But that was the only exciting moment in the game. Sterling had a chance, I think, in the first half. Uh, he sort I can't remember, but he hit a fake shot and someone went flying and then got blocked by Maguire in the end. But it wasn't a very entertaining game. Yeah, I was working, so I was fortunate enough to miss this one. Yeah, it's really, honestly, very few talking points, just other than the fact that, like, whatever about, again, United, I would like to see United go for it more, but it's understandable, you know, we're on a, a low after getting knocked out of the Champions League in terms of morale and stuff. So just playing playing it safe, going for a draw, maybe taking whatever you can get on the break, I, I can understand. But from City's point of view, it was... A bit confusing, especially when you're at Old Trafford without any fans. The last time they came to Old Trafford, it was raucous, brilliant atmosphere. But you just obviously didn't have that this time. So a bit of a strange one. It's somewhat similar, I suppose, with Spurs going away to Palace. They took the lead after 25 minutes. Very fortunate strike. Um, just caught out Spironi Kane's. You know, fair play to Kane. I'm not trying to take any anything away from him. But uh, Spironi was really... Or not Spironi, um, Guaita, Vicente yeah. Guaita. He was called out for it. And they basically, it's when Mourinho masterclass and goes wrong 
because they were sitting back trying to protect a 1-0 lead against Palace. And Palace obviously ended up getting the equaliser. Spurs nearly ended up winning the game, but Guaita was incredible. Apart from that one error for the goal, he made a couple of crazy saves. But do you think that sort of conservatism is going to cost Spurs if they want to win a league title? Because I certainly think it does. Against us, against the lower teams like Palace and that, it definitely will. If they, because I understand why you do it against someone like Liverpool or Man City, who are going to hit you on the counter, like they've buns of pace and attacking quality. Um, they're going to hit you on the counter attack, and it's going to cost you if you don't, you know, if you take a lead and you still, especially later on in the game, if you're two 0 up or one goal up, and you're still going for more goals towards the end of the game, you're obviously going to sit back and try and hold on to that lead. Um. But teams like Palace, I mean, Palace have been all right this season, but you still, like Spurs started that game quite well. Like you'd, you'd want to go and get two or three goals and just get the game put to bed and then worry about the midweek game against Liverpool this week even. But I, yeah, against against the smaller teams, they need to be put into bed. And they were doing that area on the season. Like there's a few games there in the season where they put five or six against some of the lower teams. Like they put five past... Southampton, I think it was. Wasn't Southampton, it? and they scored six against someone else. I can't remember who that was. They were three up against West Ham, and then I know they blew that, but like even there, yeah, they're six and up against United, weren't they? Oh, that was one. Yeah, I couldn't think of a six one there. United went one nil up, buddy. Yeah. So against teams like Palace, they need to kind of put the games to bed, not hold out for one nil wins. Yeah, and I'm looking at that Mourinho masterclass, right? Liverpool are going to hit you with just traditional like counter-attacking football, rapid pace, Salah, Mane on the wings, flying. Palace got their goal from a scrappy set piece that wasn't cleaned up. Do you know? Like, and look at the height in that defence. You've got Toby Alderweireld, Toby Owen Kenobi, as they call him. Uh, and who have you got around him? Eric Dyer, you know? And um, Bear in front of him. There's just not enough there, not enough height in that side in those circumstances. I don't think you can be holding on for a win when you're 1-0 up against the Palace. You need to get that second goal. Like they did against Arsenal, they went 2-0 up. So they had that sort of cushion of an extra goal. But I don't think you can be, especially against Palace, you want to go for the win, go for the throat. Send out a statement. But Mourinho, he doesn't care. He's a shithouse and he loves it. But uh, glad to see him drop some points. Big game during the week. Yeah, obviously by the time this comes out, the result will be known. So this could look, Terrible, because maybe Spurs won 3-0 against Liverpool. It could look absolutely bang on, maybe the last 3-0, but it remains to be seen. If you're listening to this now, you already know. So going on to the next game, uh, obviously you will be able to answer this question. But do Fulham have a chance of staying up? Because they looked really, really good against Liverpool. Now, Rowan, I know you won't like to hear this, but Scott Parker delivered a bit of a masterclass against Liverpool. No, no. And Jurgen Klopp was saying he fancies him. No, I, I'll put my hands up, but I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Scott Parker's actually done a decent enough job this season. Like, Fulham are playing a lot better football than I thought they would, so, you know, fair, fair enough. No, I'm fair to say, the three that are in the bottom at the minish, uh, Fulham, I think it's Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield, they look like the, the most likely to get out of it. I think they were out of it for a while, and then Burnley beat Arsenal then. I still think they're going to struggle, because there's not really many teams down there that are struggling, or doing poor. I think the only other two teams I can see that are going to struggle are the likes of Brighton and Burnley. But they do have, I definitely, I had them completely written off as a team that were going to finish off bottom of the table at the, at the start of the season. Uh, they look a lot more likely to survive than they did certainly earlier on in the year. Yeah, and speaking of teams staying up, like how, how bad of a situation is it for Sheffield United? Oh, they're fucked. It's dire. It's dire. 
Yeah, I don't think they're going to break the records that you know that they certainly don't want to. I don't think they're going to get less points than Derby. I think records been, are there to be broken, mate. I, I think they've been a little bit unlucky, but it's it's hard to make a case for them staying up when you can't no. score a goal. It was Dean Henderson FC, really, wasn't it? Chris Wilder's a fraud. It was old Dean Henderson last season. Absolute magic, man. Like the XG is pretty brutal this season. It was pretty shit last season, to be honest with you. Uh, they're just not converting this little chances to do. Ollie McBurney, he's not good enough. Billy Sharp, he's in the grave, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, and then Brewster. You know, you can't really put any blame on Brewster. Like he can still chip in with a few goals, but it just seems a bit early for him. I just don't like anything about them except for um, Sander Berger, just legend. Yeah, brilliant player. But you think like Fulham at times against Liverpool, they were unbelievable. They were very impressive. I thought we were going to slap them about. I predicted 6-0 in last week's episode. Quite wrong. Uh, the two times I predicted big Liverpool wins, I've been very wrong with the 7-2 Villa game and the last one. But yeah, compared like to... Even West Brom, they've showed flashes of being very good in games. They, but they've, they're just not very good defensively. And Sheffield, they haven't shown flashes of anything. They're very bad. They've even lost to Arsenal. So that shows how bad they are. I, I convinced Sambo Nguisa is the best player in the world. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's so good. Yeah, he, people need to talk about him more. He, he's definitely going to get a move to someone decent. Even the last time, I think he, he was with Fulham the last time in the Premier League as well. And even he was decent then as that stage too yeah well all I know is that United are playing Sheffield United on Thursday <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it because they just know they're going to beat us they're going to pull a performance and they're going to stay up <laughs> I, I hate to say this I, I, uh, I can't remember what, it was one of the goals I think it was Che Adams goal um, it was yeah. really bad defending from Johnny Egan I yeah. like really bad like, I don't know what he was doing and I, I'd be one of Johnny Egan's biggest fans like I, I liked him when he was in championship I liked him this season and Oh, we kind of thought he should have been playing for Ireland, but it's it was really poor. And like, I have watched Sheffield a few times this season, and he's he's made a few mistakes in pretty much every game I've watched him, and it's, it's kind of annoying, especially from some like, from an Irish standpoint. You know, seeing someone you kind of consider as your first choice centre half along with Shane Duffy, uh, seeing the two of them probably kind of being piss poor this season, no harm to either of them. Um, yeah, but- Jaggy Elka good... as well, Ronan isn't putting any confidence in Egan either. It's the two of the minute. Like Jaggy Elka was at, at uh, had a nightmare for the deflection. You know, nothing he could do about that. But then there was a chance they had they didn't score from it. Or it's Jaggy Elka doesn't deal with it, then Egan doesn't deal with it, and you're just thinking, Wow, this is calamity stuff. It's a sad state of affairs for them that they have to play Phil Jaggy Elka. He's dust. They, they look exactly the same team as Huddersfield did a few years ago when they got relegated. Like they're just the, well, Huddersfield were really bad, but there's just I where I don't know where the goals are going to come from. I think Huddersfield only scored twelve goals that season. I can't see Sheffield scoring over twenty goals a season, not on the current form they're on anyway. I seen they were linked with him in the summer, and it didn't quite happen for some reason. But I seen they were linked again with Marcus Rojo, who I think would be a fantastic addition because I think with their overlapping centre backs, he he'd be perfect at that because he's played at left back quite a lot. He's quite an attacking centre-back. It sounds weird to say that, but he's very comfortable with the ball. He's fairly athletic. I think he'd be a brilliant sign for them on loan because realistically, they're not going to take on his wages long-term. Yeah, but I can't imagine a ball-playing centre-back. It's not the Chris Wilder way. Oh, well, well ball playing, that's ball not true. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Full-backs, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, a full-back is completely different to a centre-back. 
Well, he, can, he, he might have to adapt or die. We watched Sheffield last year. We watched Sheffield last year. Egan and uh, O'Connell pushed forward a lot, and they were ball playing centre half as well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see Wilders particularly against that. Just they don't. We don't rebuild really it up with passing. You know, I think uh, Dean Henderson like averaged the longest passing average or something out of all the keepers because he just booted it. That was concern about him being first choice at United because we play it at the back. But, uh, you know, going on to Liverpool's performance, it's a bit of a... Like, they really caught you out, didn't they? Like, oh, do you think yeah. Diogo Jota's going to... His absence, is he going to hurt you? Because as far as I know, he's out for six weeks. Yeah, Klopp's an idiot. Klopp's an absolute idiot head playing him against Meachland. It was nothing game. It will hurt us, but I don't think it'll hurt us too much. Like we said, of that original front three, it's the defensive core is going to hurt us more than anything. Like, uh, sure, Matup went off. I don't know if that was an injury, injury back or... injury. Yeah, so and it's just sad state of affairs. Like Fabinho, centre back, Henderson played well centre back, but he was still pushing up a lot. But yeah, <clears throat> I think the defensive problems are a bigger issue for Liverpool than the attacking. You know, Firmino's not great, but you still have Mane and Salah. And Wijnaldum's been excellent all season. But I think with Liverpool, they they really did underestimate Fulham. They do, they just thought they were going to walk in that game, bash them about the park, walk away with three points, and nothing was going to be said of it. Like, that was just an easy game. They went in there with that mentality that, oh, Jesus, these lads are shite. We're going to slap them about. But ever since Ronan went effing and blinding and Scott Parker, Fulham have been flying. They've had a good stretch of form. They definitely play this podcast and address them. Like, who do these lads think they are? Four lads from them dog chatting shit about us. Who do they Four think lads. they are? Who is this fella? Yeah, every fan thinks that. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'll be honest, I don't think I don't think Scott Parker was actually listening to me. You never know. I'm highly surprised. If you are listening. Oh, Gaffer, uh, this cheeky fella, he's been chatting absolute shit about you in the broadcast all over the internet. I'm like, oh, let me get a listen to this now. And... <laughs> If you are listening, I've apologised now. Please promote the podcast. <laughs> it's not we, a very authentic apology, but... Please sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsored by the entire club. If Scott Parker retweets this podcast, I will buy a Fulham jersey with Parker on the back. That's fair. Or you will take a donated one. The cottage can't be yes. handing out any sponsorships. See, uh, when they were managers were sitting down or trying to sit down at the bench, like all the hoarding and everything looks so weird, like the new stand going up. Yeah, sure, Trent and the men were sat on like just chairs. They weren't even sat on like the dugout benches. Weird. It's fantastic. More shit stadiums in the Premier League, please. Like the Bielsa buckets type thing. Yeah, exactly. So the last issue I want to talk about before we go on to predicting the weekend's games is a very general one. It's not very topical, but it is just an extremely vague question. So apologies if you're, you struggle to answer this one. But where are Chelsea at? Because I'm struggling to make sense of them. They lost against Everton 1-0 at the weekend and in fairness, they seem to have played reasonably well. It looked like they deserve at least a draw from that game. But where where are they at? Where do you think they're going to finish? Because they'll just kind of tickle along nicely. Like they'll win like 3-0 one week, they'll win 3-0 again the next week and then they'll lose 1-0 and it's kind of, you know, one step forward and one step back rather than two steps back. They're just a bit inconsistent. Great team and experienced manager is kind of where I'm thinking. I really, I don't think Lampard's that bad. I think he's just an experience. Like he hasn't hasn't been in the game long enough to be able to deal with teams like Everton that who are kind of they're they're a difficult opponent. I know last week I was kind of um, 
chatting up how much I didn't write ever that much. <laughs> they're, st- they're still grand. Uh, they're still always going to be a hard team to beat. There's a reason Liverpool never win at Goodison Park because they're always... And they're well I, up for the I, derby, though. Yeah. But they... <sighs> you, Ancelotti, they're tactically astute. They're dogged, but they've got quality as well. It's not yeah. like you're playing a palace. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah but like need, even they need more quality, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they've got they've got great quality there, and I think they have a, a squad that's good enough to challenge with the likes of Liverpool and City. It's just a man. I I do think it is a manager, but I don't think Lampard is that bad. I don't really know what I think about them. What kind you of just need time? But, yeah, I think another season, maybe see. Yeah, another season. Like they're all these players, like Werner, Havertz, Chilwell, Thiago, they're all new players. Like. You can't expect all these signings come in and them for them to automatically challenge against Liverpool who've been up the top European champions, Premier League champions the last two years. Like it's a big ask. They'll definitely get Champions League. Might have a good run in Champions League, even though they've been drawn against Atletico, which would be a very tough tie. But I think it's if, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be optimistic for the future. Like Havertz, Young, uh, Werner, yet to hit his prime. Like I think next year. Could be flying. He's adapted Premier League for a year. He could be serious title challengers next year. But I think this year they'd be like third, maybe, maybe second. But yeah, I don't they think need more be... from the new boys, don't they? Yeah, right now, definitely. Yeah, because I just don't think we've seen enough progress from them. I think they're basically the same as last year. Maybe yeah. if they're talking about percentage, maybe five percent better. Because I think the results are largely the same, and. Chilwell's the only player who's properly bedded in. Werner's, he's getting his game, but he hasn't been brilliant. Havertz has been not good. Mendy, I think, has been fairly good. Very weird mistake to give away the penalty on Saturday. But I just, like, I, I, as Mixer said, they'll get top four. And I do think they'll get top four. But, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. Because it feels like that team's, you know, uh, three losses in a row isn't unthinkable, the way they play yeah, you're saying there, they're not that much different from last year, but people are calling them title challenges this year. The only reason they've closed the gap because City and Liverpool haven't performed to the same levels as they did last year, which they were never going to do, to be honest. But it's not because Chelsea have overly improved. They've improved a little bit, but it's just the quality of the top two has kind of just dropped down a little bit this season. Obviously, Liverpool with all the injuries. But I think even without the injuries, Liverpool wouldn't have hit the heights they hit the last two seasons. And City... Um, Maybe on decline, decline. They're still one of the best teams in the league, but they're they're not the they're not the team they were when they got the Centurions and when they got ninety eight points or ninety nine points as well. Um, so that's probably it as well. They definitely there's a lot of pressure on Lampard because there's been so much money spent that people are saying, "Well, you should be doing well." And I think it's he's also such a club legend that there he has to have a I think a tragic run of form or even a really bad league position and for even him to be sacked because he's so loved by everyone at Chelsea that yeah there has to be some serious something serious has to go wrong for him to get sacked as well. Will yeah, you get I mean, that sympathy with Abramovich though? I think yeah. so you think what he's done for Chelsea he's Abramovich probably, is only inflating sorry Max he's only inflating the value of the club to sell on soon so he doesn't care how the season goes really. But he's probably Chelsea's best player ever so not much and, competition. Yeah, so... Damien Duff says hello. <laughs> but, yeah, he has to have finish outside top four or lose like 38 games in a row for him to get sacked. Something like 38. <laughs> Don't play <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Where do you legend. think Chelsea are going to finish? I'm going to say fourth. I can't see them finishing above Liverpool or City, obviously, and 
probably not Tottenham because Tottenham's squad is like it's just it's fairly complete like a couple of holes but pretty complete I'm yeah. going to say fourth but I Leicester can still get that spot I think Leicester the quality is probably not as good there and but they're, they're like Chelsea they're, they're, they're a good side and they, they win a lot of games three or four now but then they lose really weird games like Leicester losing to Fulham was really like I know we say Fulham have improved a lot it was still a weird game for them to lose. So I think the two of them kind of... I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea didn't finish top four. Um, but I'm going to say they'll finish fourth. You need to take off your James Madison FPL goggles there. You know, <laughs> calm down. Leicester aren't going to do anything. Uh, no one cares yeah, about Harvard. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd pretty much be in, great, in agreement with that. Let's say Chelsea clinched that fourth spot. They just have t- too much money, too much quality. Like Frank just... Puts the team out and they're going to do the rest, really. I think this is probably the first time and only time ever that we'll all be on the same page. I'm also going to go with a fourth place. Chelsea finish this season, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if they were to finish third, but I think fourth set in stone and then next year they push on, they have to do better. See, this is my point. We're all in agreement there, but it's none of us are confident and none of us are really sure. We're just saying, I suppose fourth by default. The thing is, I can't tell you what style of play Chelsea play. I can't. T- I think I don't know what. I honestly, I watch them. I don't know what it is. I don't know what tactics Lampard uses. It, I like obviously yes, he has to use something, but it, it is just throw out your best starting eleven, really good players. Like it's not. It's not like it's not like Liverpool where you have players closing down like the Egan press and stuff like that. Like, they don't seem to be that overly counter attacking either. I don't know what. Maybe what that's it. Maybe really, an identity crisis. That's what they're having. Yeah, something like that. Because like even even Spurs is. High press counter attack and, and then sit back and defend once you have a two to lead. Marine you both. Okay, so moving on to the predictions. So if we're looking at last week, it was looking like a disastrous weekend for everybody in terms of predictions. In the end, it was just a disaster for me. Because I got one point from five games. You all predicted a one-nil Burnley as a <laughs> as a joke, and it happened. <laughs> but like I, it didn't affect me too badly because everyone had a shit week other than that. So at the minute, Ronan and Michael, you're both on 36. I'm on 38, and James, you're on 44. James has been leading basically from week one. We'll we'll see how that turns out. Long way to go. But as I said, we're basically ignoring the midweek games because there's not enough time in the world to be doing two podcasts in a week. So, yeah. Right, so the first game. It's a very, very tasty one, I'll say. Very tasty. Everton to home to Arsenal. Now, (laughs) I feel like we might be on the same page here. But, like, Arsenal, like, they're just... Their morales, it's lower than ever. Like, it's hard to see where... At some stage, they're going to get a positive result and things will pick up again a bit. But I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. 2-1 Everton. 2-1 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah, because I just feel like Four. they're going to get a result just going out of lead. 4-0 Everton. Ooh. I'm going for a 3-1 Everton dub. Arsenal are too bad and it's too funny and I hope it continues. So 3-1 Ev. Yeah, it's kind of that, you know, even as a United fan who are difficult to understand at the minute, at least I'll always have Arsenal that are worse than United. That That's kind of where Arsenal are at at the moment. Next game, another very tasty one. Southampton at home to City. This is kind of two complete contrasts of style. The Alpine Klopp, as you referred to him once before, Michael. And I think that's going to work in their favour because City, again, somewhat of an identity crisis. Like they're, they're, they're not the same. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to Southampton. 
I am going to go for uh, 1-0 Southampton. I thought they were very good at the weekend, um, albeit against Sheffield. But they, even even when Ings was missing for a few games there, Che Adams stepped up to the plate. So overall, they, they've improved even more than they did last season. 1-0. Um, going to go 3-2 Southampton. Goals. Yeah, Southampton train keeps rolling on. 2-1 Southampton. Mon Saints. Fuck City. Mon. That is definitely the first time that all four of us have predicted City to lose. Like, even against Liverpool, I don't think anyone predicted Liverpool to win. But it's not going to happen. It's it's just, <laughs> it's the optics of that. Southampton away, you know? I think it, it'll just be too much for them. Right, next game. Another very good game. We've got a delightful weekend of fixtures Ooh. just before the Premier League. Or the Premier League, just before Christmas. Okay, so Spurs... At home, yeah, pretty much. Spurs at home to Leicester. This one's very difficult to call, I think. Uh, Spurs are obviously very good. They've got a lot of quality. But I still think there's holes, especially in that defence. And I think Leicester, that's exactly where they can get at them in attack. So I'm going to go with a high-scoring draw, 2-2. Um, two very good counter-attacking teams with exciting attacking players. So I'm going to go for the obvious result of nil all. Just how it always works. I'm going to go for a 5 nil Spurs here. And uh, just because Jamie Vardy, absolute waste man, needs to stop <laughs> scoring or playing football, whichever comes quicker. Uh, yeah, just have to get those Sun goals in. Harry Kane, masterclass. Yeah, I'm going to also go with a high scoring draw, but I'm going to go with a higher scoring draw. Three all in this one. Two teams great going forward. Uh, I think it'll be a really fast paced game. Many goals, six goals, evenly spread, as Derek Ray, who we all hate, would say. Okay, so interesting predictions there, definitely. We've got a nil-nil, a three-three. So not much of a consensus, <laughs> right? Uh, the next game, another really good game, and it's not one I'm looking forward to at all. United at home to Leeds. Leeds are going to beat us two-nil. Leeds, um, no chance we're getting a result. Uh, wait, is it in Old Trafford? Is it? Yeah. Which is worse for us. I don't know. 2-1 United. Leeds haven't been great recently. So 2-1 United. Yeah, right. This is this is the game. This is the game to watch out for. Because you're you a bit worried about Sheffield United away. United are obviously going to pummel Sheffield United away. Just to keep up the away, away record, Juju. Mm. But uh, at home, it's not going to be pretty. Like Mario Bielsa is an actual football manager. Mario, Mario. Bielsa? Who? <laughs> Mario, <laughs> brother, come on. Him and Luigi on the bench getting the gig and press. Yeah, so Ollie's going to come up against an actual football manager. So I think that, you know, Leeds are going to get something, especially Bamford's been a bit unlucky the last few games. They haven't really been taking their chances. Rafinha's looking quality in that side. So I'm going to go for a 1 1. It seemed like all directs were pointing towards Leeds getting a win there. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to disagree with all of you. 5 0 United. Rashi, he's feeling it. He's going to be coming up against Leeds. He's the hometown boy. He's going to fuck Bielsa. (laughs) (laughs) United are taking home the three points. They're still Manchester United code. That's what I was getting at there. Like, You're you're like every pundit when they've run out of things to say, this is Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be no match for Cock and they're going to beat them 5 0. Telling you now. Only the most intellectual conversations about football happen on this podcast. Absolutely. This is what you come here for, baby. 
Okay, so then the last game. We've had brilliant games up until this point, and it's not going to carry on. It's a terrible game. Brighton against Sheffield United. Brighton, I quite like them as a team, but they lack in any real individual quality. Sheffield United are looking a bit hopeless, but maybe not after the beat United inevitably on Thursday. But yeah, uh, like, how can I predict anything other than nil now? Uh, there are going to be no winners in this match and by that I don't mean it's going to be a draw I mean just football losers in general by these two teams playing in the Premier League against each other um, fucking I don't know Trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, well I have to say I think I'm going to go for a Blades win I'm going to go out in a limb here 1-0 Blades let's go sympathy uh, vote this game is going to be an absolute stinker but I think Blades will get a win here. I think they'll sneak something jammy. 1-0. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hopeless. But something like a McBurney bullet header or <clears throat> a penalty or just something stupid. But I think Blades get a win. And it'll be their only win of the season. That's a bold claim. Oof. Okay, so I think that just about wraps up this episode of the podcast. We'll be back again next week with the Christmas special. We, you know, have a few bevies or something like that. Have a few Irish coffees Get and record a podcast. on the podcast. We'd <laughs> so You'll hear some serious football opinions then, I'll tell you that much. And we'll be recording that early as well. So it'll be <laughs> one o'clock and we'll just be pissed. Ah. Okay, so again, come back for that unbelievable episode next week. Enjoy the Premier League this weekend. But just to remind you... All our socials are in the description. You can get in contact with us there. Ask us any podcast questions. Please, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe. If you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, follow us, rate, whatever you can do on those platforms. It's massively appreciated. And we'll be back next week with our Christmas episode. Network.